سنعود بعد قليل Hi everyone and welcome to the first episode of Not Adi the podcast where we discuss all matters not Adi or in other words matters we believe should not be normalized in the Middle East. We want to start by thanking everyone who showed us support during the release of our podcast. Absolutely, thank you. It was it was definitely an amazing response and we're very honored and excited. Yeah, it was uh, really fun looking into all of the responses. And in this episode, we are touching up on the not Adis in our society based on the feedback we collected from the different individuals in our community. We agreed on some points, disagreed on others, but eventually what matters is that we are using this platform as a safe space to express what we are not able to express anywhere else without feeling judged. We'd love to hear your feedback and invite you to join in our conversation via our Instagram page. For now, enjoy the episode. Yep. Enjoy, guys. So, guys, let's start the first segment of our episode to talk about the current events that are happening. We're going to briefly address the war in Ukraine, but specifically the media portrayal of the situation. So, there has been this video going viral of reporters that have compared Ukrainian refugees to refugees from countries that quote-unquote, are developing countries, are maybe nations that are used to the war or have always had war, or they're not white, they don't have blue or green eyes. So I was interested to hear your point of view, how you guys felt listening to that. Yeah, I've heard about it from Hanin uh, for the first time. Um, I really didn't pay much attention to the news myself. So I was first of all very surprised. I was like, "That is that is really disturbing to hear." But then I I asked I asked the question: Was that ever the case that there was uh, a difference been made between uh, refugees, that there was a second or first class refugee system, and if so, if if it was not so, so why why is this happening? Why are there being a difference being made between the most vulnerable amongst us? Not only that, and there's like a complete uh, false information, you know, like this calling that this is World War Three. I'm sorry, we're already on World War Seven Hundred Twenty Nine by now on all the wars that have happened so far. So this this false. Uh, portrayal to what's happening and I was I was scrolling on Instagram and I uh, came across this post from Yalla Let's Talk and uh, there's a tweet from Dr. Danny Beck and he says as an Arab it's psychologically damaging and traumatizing to see how many of you care about conflict refugees and war crimes now compared to when it made me a refugee when it displaced my family and when it destroyed my country So these kind of feedback from our, our community are showing, you know, that how they're feeling, the, the frustration. And the question here becomes that, all right, we're not in control of huge things like wars that are happening, but th this link of, of our worth and value uh, is, is connected essentially to how the international news is portraying us. So... How can we separate our worth and value and how, even how we think of ourselves and our history to not equal what's being 
portrayed right now, what's being told on the news right now? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a very valid question. Um, before I attempt to, to answer that, I made a quick search online on um, racial discrimination between refugees, and I literally found nothing. And I think we're living in a time where this is really being highlighted because for us, discrimination, like in general, has been for most, if not all, the refugees, like whoever is a refugee is getting discriminated against. But now, for the first time ever, we're faced with a situation where, you know, certain refugees are being let in and, you know, spoken about in such a way. And there's, like you said, this whole, like, international portrayal of, you know, how unjust this all is. But that's been happening for so long in so many other places. And yet we still manage to have more compassion to certain nations more than others. And you know, that's really sad. It's really sad. And to, um, to answer your question of how to not link our worth to, to just the way we're being portrayed, I think is a very hard one to answer. But if I were to attempt to answer that, I would say first, we need to disconnect from that sort of noise. Um, I don't think media outlets, uh, I think they've proven to not be a good source of information, um, a reliable source of information. And now they're just plain discriminatory. Like it's just too obvious. And I'm really hoping that um, all these, um, you know, media outlets just die out because of their lack of credibility and their lack of, you know, just being very insensitive. Um, they're just, I think it's, you know, in, in to look at the silver lining of this whole situation, I think it's actually good that this is happening, that they're just proving to us that we don't want to listen to these kind of reporters, these kind of journalists, these broadcast, these companies, these media outlets, they're just, they're old. Yeah. They're old. Yeah, it's expired by now. It should be. It's it's done. And it's not true. It's it's not true that uh, what they're saying that the help is different. I remember when the uh, war in Syria happened, and people in Germany were really, really um, supportive and um, welcomed Syrian refugees at the airport and tried their best. But we need to understand the support of the individual can only be that lasting that long. So there is the, the, the fail happens at a later point, I believe, while refugees stay in the status of a refugee and are not being uh, integrated into the society than they should have in this whole process. Because it's, I, I, don't, I don't think it's purely the responsibility of the citizen to, to support the refugees. At some point, everyone has to go back to their own lives and can only support that much. So for, for it's yeah I think what you're saying is like that the 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 majority of people like the people themselves who have no power who are going protesting and showing compassion are going with what's trending and they're having that feeling and like you know they want to help and donate but then eventually doesn't matter where that refugee is coming from they will be treated at the end the way any other refugee will be treated you know, that like neglected, not integrated, um, just being left out, you know, not, not 
looking into that individual and seeing their potential. And uh, yeah. Also, I wanted to just, uh, I saw also another thing on Insta from Angelina Julie. I don't know if she did that on purpose or not, but she posted that uh, she went to Yemen and she is there and uh, she had a caption, but I'm just going to read the, uh, the last part of it. She said, uh, while here in Yemen, I oh, uh, no, sorry, okay. We live in a world where suffering and horror dominates headlines, but where such headlines can result in overwhelming displays of compassion and international solidarity. I hope this compassion and solidarity will be extended to the people of Yemen. Yeah. So wow. I just thought that was a very strong gesture, mm-hmm. like, and especially, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I also like the way she put it, you know, extending compassion. You can extend yeah, exactly. it. You don't have to um, remove it from one nation and have it for another. You can have compassion. It's possible for multiple nations and um, and empathy for, for anyone who's going through such a terrible, difficult time. So, and, yeah. And- and again, you know, um, how, how did they say it in, in the media, the, the blonde and blue eyes? Uh, I know for a fact it, it was not made a difference when, when, when uh, the war in Syria happened. It, there was no, no difference been made between, between a blonde or, or a dark hair child, you know. So this has all been new news from the news. Mm. It could be as well, you know, that there... There is some some way that in the news they are, you know, install installing that in a way, you yeah, know, yeah, like exactly. implementing That's, it. Yeah. A, a new a, a different kind of division. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's very interesting because, yeah, we've we've never had that, you know, I, I never heard anyone really talk about this issue like discriminating within. Um, you know, group of refugees based on, you know, where they're from and how they look like. Um, It's like we're trying to, we're trying to eliminate or just, you know, work through discrimination. And now we're just finding new ways to, to discriminate. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I, I just hope that the reaction is just not limited to the Middle East. The reaction we need more people that are non-Middle Eastern to realize this, to see this um, from our perspective and more importantly, from a humanitarian perspective. So I hope that happens. All right. So moving on to our second segment of today's uh, episode and our main topic being the results of the survey that we had recently. So we uh, had shared a survey with um, our circle. So the question was, have you ever been in a situation where you felt something did not feel right about a certain conversation or behavior, but everyone was saying it was Adi? Adi means normal in Arabic. What are the top five beliefs, traditions, topics would you see as not Adi, but is considered Adi in our Middle Eastern culture? So before we dive into the results, um, 
let's talk about how we would answer this question because we really haven't asked each other's question yet. So Hanin Zahra, what do you, what would you say? For me, the thing that I would consider Naadi uh, and it's Adi in our Middle Eastern culture is this culture of vibe, which is even if the right is with you or the person with the right, speaking about it or bringing it up, even if you're in the right, it's still considered aib, you know, this whole, um, I don't know, thinking that if, like, especially, you know, for women, if someone heard them, if she would say something about it, then she will get hurt probably and she will get abused verbally or physically or whatever way. Or even if someone, let's say, uh, not necessarily a woman, a man, you know, gets uh, mistaken with uh, someone uh, in a high position, you know, whatever, and then they want to speak up and the right is with them, but people and the society and the surrounding, they say, you know what, just keep it on the low you you it's better to come from you not bring in not disturb the be- peace this whole the not speaking up what, when when someone has the right and them not consider because they are in a weaker position from whoever did the mistake did the wrong you know the wrong is with the whoever did the wrong not the other way around what does i mean i means uh it's a shame uh, it's aib, shame, like a shameful thing, you know? Okay. Disgrace. Okay, it's all right, a, okay. And you, okay, okay, I understand that. All right, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. And thank you for sharing. I I, I do have heard this word aib. I just wanted to, um, for, for the listeners who yeah, maybe don't know. Of course you've yes, heard the word. I, of course I've heard that aib shum. And... Uh, I definitely agree with that because when that first got introduced to me, I didn't know what that means, you know, like, so basically at that time, shame got introduced to me into yeah. things what used to be normal for me, you know, and uh, I, I definitely understand that a word can bring a lot of harm yeah. to, to to a person, you know, man or woman, as you said, with a, with a man who do want to speak up, but it's hype to speak up in a yeah. way because out of uh, family hierarchy or hierarchy, yeah. hierarchy especially yeah. if it's like your right is and it's injustice you know it and it's the toxic cycle people losing their rights their lives it ruins them and for, yeah, it's, yeah it's been basically trained in you from ve- from the very very young age on and that's from your family to let go of your rights in a way, you know, or, and let go of that freedom, what, you know, like belongs to you or mm. whatever that is, you know, wearing a, wearing whatever you would like to wear. There are many, many reasons which been seen shameful and we need to understand as well what is hype for this family is not hype for that family. So it's very, it's very... It's a tailor-made hype. Exactly. It's a very confusing uh, world. Yeah. What is your na'adi, Zahra? My na'adi is um, that uh, in specific fathers uh, do not have 
a lot of interest in the um, upbringing of, of their daughters uh, until a certain age when they're, you know, starting to to, to be, uh, you know, be, becoming a young girl in, in puberty. And kind of there is a, it's kind of a button, all right? And that's the moment your father kind of comes to life and tells you all about hype and all of those things. And um, it's, it's just... I find it very confusing for for girls who as well were um, brought up in, in two different cultures, you know, in the Arab and maybe in a Western culture, that you lived your life basically based on the society you have lived, you have lived in, let's say the Western society, and then once you're hitting puberty, uh, a complete society, a complete new society gets introduced to you, you know, which is very confusing at, a, at, a, at that age because you're just trying to figure out what you want and then another system is kind of introduced to you. So that's what I find very not uh, adi, that, that, um, that fathers do not have a, have a, I wouldn't say big care or big interest in the um, upbringing of, of, of their children in general, but in specific of girls. And then there comes a point where they're taking taking a lot of rights of the girls for, for I, I understand their reasons to, to, save, to, to save their children, to keep them safe, to keep their daughters safe. But the question is, from what are they keeping them safe? Yeah. Maybe you guys can answer that. But um, I find that, very um, relatable in a way. What I remember hearing um, my family members saying, and I, I, I hear it commonly, is that when they have a girl, a baby girl, they're just like, we have more things to worry about now. Yeah. You know, so I can totally understand what you're saying from that perspective. It's... Um, it's almost like, you know, there's a heaviness because of all the traditions, the cultures, because there are so many rules when it comes to the girl and because the girl needs to be preserved and um, the girl is a, more, a lot more fragile. Um, I guess that's mm. what makes the fathers um, feel that way about having a girl. At the same time, I'm sure they love it and they enjoy it and they adore her, but that's in the back of their mind. And, you know, hence why still in our day to day, we have so many um, men preferring to have boys over girls, even if they won't say it. You know, we say we're evolving and I know that we are, but um, there's still a trace of that in our society nowadays. We can see it, we can feel it, we sense mm. it and our family, the way they talk about girls. So, yeah, I have to definitely agree with what you said, um, Zahra, yeah, for sure, not Adi. Yeah, it's definitely that one-sided one, uh, conversation with a girl about certain things and that certain things only, like the, you know, uh, a young girl becoming objectified in that way and not necessarily understanding what's going on. It's very hard, you mm. know, and, the, you know, you only until you grow up and years after that you are understanding, even if it's coming from a good place. And probably fathers are, as men, they navigate world the world in a different way than, than women. So they know what they're protecting from, you know, in a 
just in a different light than what we would see it, but not necessarily done in the right way or, you know, has to be done differently mm-hmm. for both. Yeah. No. And what is your uh, not Adi, Mary? So um, I was thinking about my not Adi, but, you know, in the survey questions, there were, sorry, survey answers, there were a lot of responses that I felt really represented what I think. Um, there's something that might not be one of my top Na'adi things, but it's definitely something that bothers me, is the talatish on the streets, the catcalling. Um, and maybe it's not something that's exclusive to the Middle East, but it definitely is something that um, used to happen a lot. I don't feel like it's happening as much nowadays, but maybe that really depends on where you live. Um, I just don't like how Adi that is. Like, it really isn't. And I don't understand the point of it. And I feel it's more degrading more than anything. Um, It's not something that came up in the surveys. But I remember growing up, it was so awkward and it was so annoying for me to just hear stuff and walk. Yeah, I guess that's my, my... not Adi, that's out of the scope of, you know, the bigger things that we're going to discuss today. And they get very creative with it, you know, like they, it's like they carve out time and get very creative to see like to what next level they can take it. And that's another thing of as well, like if there is a response from the girl who's being catcalled, like she is then still mistaken to call out. You know, so it's you're you're never winning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you're, that 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 goes back with uh, the parents and maybe the father having that conversation not only with the daughter. You know, like when when it's time as well with the son how to treat a woman. You know, but that's that's the 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 point here. All right, to to see all right where. Where is it broken over here? Why why do men feel feel the the entitlement of doing this all right where did women have allowed that and you know encourage that even so we need to t- see as well all right where it's it's not a but it's it's not coming out of nowhere you know i i i have seen and i have been in the situation where i got catcalled and i liked it you know and that, that giving that as a as a uh, you know like signal to men they, and they don't know left or right does she like it or not but in the end You know, if you want to have a, a, a conversation or you like that person, just go there, you know, and exactly. have, a, have right a, you know, have a nice conversation and uh, see where things go. But this is just you in front of the uh, 10 other guys uh, whistling is, is really, you know, like in not giving you points in, yeah. in having any chance. <laughs> yeah. and, and the reason this continues is as well. Silence is a is a way of enabling. This is why it continues. It's not only, it's a two, two-way two street. There is definitely a mistake at their side, but there's a mistake on the other side. Okay, so since we're talking about breaking the silence, let's move on to the results of our survey. The Not Adi Top 5 Countdown. All right, let's jump into our results of our survey. Coming on number five is limited career options. You're yeah. either an engineer or a doctor. That's the only options available. That's it. 
Yeah. The, what happens if you're not an engineer or doctor? Lawyer. Okay, so there are more <laughs> options. That's the third one. What is if you want to become uh, an artist or something? No. 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 I. You but, will be but broke. Our, <laughs> I, <laughs> How can you support the family? Or but stop it. That's it. <laughs> okay. Or, okay. You. Okay. I. I will become a doctor now, guys. You. You. You overwrote me. <laughs> yeah, I guess this is something that. Um, I hope it's slowly dying out because there are so many more professions out there and we are having to migrate to other countries where there are very different occupations and, um, you know, lots of us are really exploring the artistic side of us. So I think that is really um, another silver lining of, you know, going to different countries and experiencing different opportunities, job opportunities, than just, you know, the typical becoming an engineer or um, or just, you know, like working for a company, you know, yeah. nowadays. I think, oh, yeah. yeah, it's just, um, I think that's changing with time. And I'm, I, I hope that we um, catch up to that change on a mental level in, in our region. Yeah. Now everyone wants to become an influencer. So. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm not. So coming in at number four is the education system and how that's linked to your intellect. So your intelligence is linked to whether you have an a university degree or not. A position or something, you know. Mm. Yeah, I think we talked and I think we said that this is something that could be considered not exclusive to the Middle East. It's something that um, worldwide, um, Mm. when you don't have an education certificate, there is no proof of your intelligence and therefore you're deemed not intelligent. Um, But but I do. did work in places where there was a, a difference been weight between an Arab and a German, you know. So it's, it's, um, can can we take it as well in in a way of all right that the race is being um, linked with the intellect, not only the education, that the race legit okay you are you are an Arab you are you're coming from this country you automatically are less educated. Yeah, these are stereotypes now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and let, let me let me tell you, this is this is not true as well. I have worked with excellent, excellent people around the world who, who are really um, and from all from all over the world. So this is again uh, displayed in a very wrong light. All right, coming at number three, living independently after eighteen, and that's like. Uh, there is no way that uh, a girl would live independently anywhere after except her husband's house. There's something interesting about this. I feel like even with the boys, they yeah. are, um, they also, like, the, the family doesn't like the idea of the boy leaving when Attachment. he's over 18. So it seems like it's not really a gender thing. It seems it's just like, you know, my children, they stay at my house until they're married. But there is the option for the guys to like, you know what, I can go live with my friends or like travel there, finish my study here. There's more freedom 
there is a choice, especially in our culture, yeah. And it's the staying home, I do believe it's coming from a different place as well. Again, for the girl to be, you know, like home and for, for the Big guy. Big brother. <laughs> <laughs> But there is this and thing, for, there is this thing where, sorry to cut you off, where, you know, a guy who's 40 and still living with his parents is hardy yeah. here. Mm. Yeah, I read that our generation, the millennials, are the most generation that has still been living with their parents. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Because you, because the marriage are are going, uh, you know, like you're not getting married as early as before. So mm, yeah, not only that, like they, our parents at their time, they could uh, own a house for how much versus us right now. Mm. That's another thing. Coming on number two, judgment based on appearance. I I feel that goes uh, again a little bit more towards the the women in the Middle East. If you wear a t-shirt, it will be judged right away. If you wear shorts, if you have your hair this way, or it's it's just right away. So that that's what I can can see out right away. There is no, there will not be a common spared. Yeah, on no. the appearance of of a of a. Middle Eastern woman. In the Middle East, we definitely love to provide comments. At hey, all I've heard some times. comments about <laughs> guys comment. as well. Maybe not as much, but definitely like a guy with an earring or any sort of piercing. Yeah. Poor thing he gets like yeah. really Tattoos. put down by all these yeah. comments. Um, so, yeah, I mean, who gets it more, boys or girls? I would imagine, yes, girls. Um, yeah, but the guys do get their part as well. And coming in at first place, you guessed it, ladies and gents, it's gender inequality. Woohoo! <laughs> so, yeah, I think, well, let's just start by being quite honest here. A couple of days ago, Hanin <laughs> and I were like having this. Big <laughs> discussion. has been put out How to talk about how to talk about this without harming the guy's feelings? <laughs> Because we're pretty sure we reached a conclusion that I think guys have heard this so many times and it looks like they're going to continue hearing this so many times there is gender inequality you're not being fair to women you have a lot more that is given to you that we women like we want our basics we want to be paid equally we want to be treated equally and that is something that is not obviously limited to the middle east it's a global mm. issues it's a global issue so um There was this sort of like discussion over. We had an entanglement. Like <laughs> an entanglement. Yes, an entanglement <laughs> of opinions over like if we were to talk about women issues um, that have been just so like something that's been so repetitive over, you know, the past decades. Is that something that would put the men down and therefore we're actually making things worse? Um, or is this something that men really need to understand before we can even continue having this conversation? And so there was this like heated conversation happening. 
And I don't know, what did we get to, like, eventually? It got really I guess we, we kind of we agreed. had a physical fight. We met each other at the parking outside. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was, it was like, you know, from my point of view, how I wanted to say it is that uh, you know, like when talking or addressing this issue or, or having this discussion of gender inequality, there's always the man and the woman. They're talking and it gets passionate and heated and the woman is trying to list their suffering and what's happening to them and everything is valid. And then the man goes and does the same thing. They want to list their suffering and everything that's happening to them. So my point is just to take a step back and, you know, just change the way of the conversation because it's not leading us anywhere you know like we've had that thing and this is where you know as you said it's becoming repetitive like where's the silver lining where's the resolution out of it you know so how how can we move forward with that so what i'm saying is like just to acknowledge that from a male perspective they were set up you know that the same way we as girls were raised to not dress this way or behave a certain way or speak a certain volume. Boys were raised as well, not being asked to care about certain things or not put value on certain things, even if they naturally or genuinely feel that way, but they were asked to repress it or shown to oppress it, you know, not not to display it. So that's where I'm coming from. You know, I feel like both we in general, worth suffering, <laughs> you know? So I think it's best to put hand in hand and just actually work together for once. And like, it's not the differences, it's about what makes us, you know. Yeah, but that, that was the, the breaking point where we understood that men need to understand first that there is an issue. And that that is, you know, that's why we are here to say, hey, it's... We understand, we understand that every, no one is coming out here as a winner, you know, like the suffering is just less for, 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 for the other. So we just want to figure out really a way with everyone together, what's the best way to uh, represent and live the female and the, the masculine and uh, feminine energy to, uh, to, the, to the best way, because both of us have Men and uh, female, uh, female have the masculine and feminine energy, but it's just been displayed in a very wrong way. And again, no one is winning. Yeah, and and I think it's um, important to point out that we are three women, three Middle Eastern women, pretty charged up sometimes, <laughs> and uh, we can get worked up about all the issues because we have witnessed women go through them. We have gone through them ourselves. And so it's so easy to um, just kind of just, yeah, indulge in that sort of all these issues that we're having. And we don't have a male perspective today, at least, but we do have mm. this intention to bring in a male perspective of what it's like uh, for them and the not adis in their lives um, that they're waking up to. But I think it's also important to have this conversation with men that have sat with themselves and really mm -hmm. evaluated it and looked at it from both sides as well. And realizing what, you know, we're saying today that, you know, nobody's winning, you know, neither yeah. of us are winning, even though it feels like it's a constant competition. And I think it's a very masculine thing to stay in the competition and 
continuously compete until you win and feel good about it. Um, mm. I think there is a lot of maturity and opportunity to start healing when we get out of this competitiveness and um, constantly comparing each other um, who should who should get more, who should get less. Um, and as much as possible, just trying to 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 really f- like live the the equality and to understand what that looks like because I think you're, either of us have experienced that in in such a long time, like ancestrally speaking. So yeah, it's important to, to just point that out and that we, we are obviously women. We stick by women. We understand that we need to support each other. Um, but we also understand that the next really important step is to include men in the discussion. Otherwise, we don't believe it would work. And it definitely would be great to get all sort of feedback uh, about this kind of subject, you know, because there's always something to be added, to be learned from each individual experience, whether it was from a female or male perspective. And it's really important to know that these things have been imprinted in us for so long that during researching for this episode, I was looking into this article that said that gender inequality dated back for as far as cavemen and it was portrayed in the drawing in the caves, the gender inequality in the drawing of and the portrayal of uh, male and female. So that was definitely interesting and funny in a way to see how, how, how long ago that, you know, comes from and how rooted it is in us that we are not necessarily aware. So it's really important to see see it from all sides because sometimes we and everyone ha- has a blind spot. So that's the whole point of opening the conversation is to talk about that and learn from one another. Mm, and speaking of history, uh, Zahra and I tuned into this awesome podcast episode um, that was telling the story of a woman Middle Eastern feminist back in the 1900s. Her name is Huda Sharawi. And I haven't personally heard of her. Neither have you, Zahra or Hanin. Um, And we can't believe that we haven't heard of her and that these stories are not told enough. Her story is so beautiful. I don't want to give out any spoilers, but we will put a link to the episode or even like a link about her story and her book because she has a memoir where she writes about all the events that happened uh, from her childhood all the way up to um, the revolution that she started. So for me, what was like, what was a really, a really big learning here is that Uh, women have been suppressed in the history books. Uh, We don't hear enough stories about women. Um, And just reading about it, listening about these inspirational stories of women that have been so courageous during really difficult times where a woman had no right whatsoever. 
that they didn't have the luxuries that we have today as women. So we've really come a long way, but it also reminds us of our inner courage to speak and to, um, to uncover the power of being a feminine, not being a feminine that wants to be more like a man or stronger than a man. I think we are already strong in our feminine energy and our feminine power. Um, and, um, and Hada uh, Sharawi is a beautiful example of that. So Zahra, I just wanted to ask yeah. you, like, how was it like for you listening to her story? I personally was mind blown because someone from, from the Middle, Middle Eastern has done something so great. And there were a lot of inf interesting information and facts I, I didn't realize, you know, about the uh, face cover you guys you will hear about it all in the podcast um i, I again we don't want to give so much from from the uh, from the podcast but it's just like very very surprising and it's just give you, gives you hope and uh what what you said mary when we discussed the the book was it was it wouldn't have been possible if there wouldn't have been a man who had supported her along the way you know that is was a very vital point in the in the history you know that uh, that made made the big chance a change and uh, i just would advise everyone to to listen to it and in the end they have a really cool surprise so i i would definitely advise for you to tune in so guys these were our top 5 uh, survey answers and it's definitely not the end of the conversation uh, regarding gender inequality we're going to be touching up on the subject in future episodes and as for now I would like to conclude the episode with a question so the question is what do you feel is the best first step of heading towards a solution we know that this problem is not going to be solved overnight. And we also know that this is a purely woman's perspective. But what would you say is the best first step towards a solution? For me, the first uh, step to, towards a solution would be to acknowledge the masculine and feminine energy and acknowledge that they have a place here and a, a reason and start to, you know, work with them in a way they in a way it's supposed to be and if you if you have any question how how that works you know we are here to to support and help you but i would say that we are good as we are and we are all bringing something to the table and to just just acknowledge that yeah, I would say is to change the narrative of the conversation instead of entering these conversations with the thinking of whose suffering is more or these competition vibe of even in these kind of conversations shouldn't exist. You know, it's not about that. That's not the point. So I think to have a clear intention before having those kind of conversations and to see, okay, on my individual uh, level, what can I do, you know, and to have more compassion for one another and to listen, to actually listen actively instead of thinking what to respond or how to compete with pain or 
any any other thing you know that that's not the point so if we can listen to each other and see okay we can help here we can help there that would be small steps that would lead to the larger steps that would you know lead to the change yeah i would agree to both of what you uh just said and i would add from my perspective that um one of the most uh, beautiful things that I've felt and seen uh, that really helps women and men integrate is honest communication and expressing authentically without really trying to um, point out who's wrong and who's right because sometimes we mm. just want to be heard we want to be able to express without being interrupted, without being judged. And I think mm -hmm. that's something that we have underestimated the power of. Um, so for me, that's that's a great first step. And it really makes me feel emotional whenever I see a couple uh, experience that or a man or, and a woman, even if they're not in a relationship, you know, even if it's a dad and and the daughter, brother and sister, just having a candid and honest conversation and uh, doing it with an intention of being heard and to listen. So that would be my opinion. If I may add to what you're saying, you know, like it's very important to show who we are and speak and communicate honestly, but that also uh, demands from us to accept one another. Because the way that we're demanding that we want to be ourselves and we want this one, two, three, the other person who is also opposite from us is demanding the same. So there has to be this acceptance of who we are, this, the same we're expecting at, at this others right to moment accept of us. Who we are at this right moment. And yes. if, if the conversation is about change, you know, like then there is an acknowledgement there needs to be a change. But yeah. first of all, the acceptance that there are two people who are you know, troubled, different, in, in different, different you, needs, different everything, you know, and um, then move from, from that place on. Yeah. The, the main, the common intention is the, to evolve and become better. Definitely. And to, um, to have that acceptance, uh, despite not liking a certain thing in the other, yes. in the other person. I think that's the key. It's easy to accept things that we like. It's harder for us to accept things that we don't. So, yes. We'll definitely dive into that more. It's easier said than done. Those things I feel like, yeah, mm. a lot of things like this. So I want to just make sure that we know that a lot of things are easier said than done. But that's why we're talking about it To You know, we'll probably talk extensively about how to actually do that. You know, because we find it even hard to accept ourselves sometimes. And that's a wrap for our first episode. Thanks for listening and hope to see you next time. Mm -hmm.